the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruain, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Hello, hello, and welcome to a special pop-up edition of Maximum Growth Live. I know we told you we weren't going to see it until the new year, but with everything happening in the world of PPP, we wanted to bring you a special show. Maybe you could sit back, relax on this short time between Christmas and New Year's and understand what's happening in the world of PPP. Seth Price, my man over here, founder of Blue Shark Digital, as well as Price Benowitz. And Seth, you have gotten us a phenomenal guest today. Tell us all about him. Well, Josh Odens is a friend and neighbor who who geeks out as much on tax as we do on law firm growth and marketing. Uh, so, you know, when, whenever I speak to him, he's it's always a, a million miles over my head. But we've asked him to drill down and try to educate uh, our tribe here as to what does this second round of PPP mean. And uh, just can't wait to sort of get some clarification. I mean, the headline is is the, is the tax piece and what that means for so many watching here today. And the second piece will be what is what is possible as more money uh, down the pike for those that have been hit so hard by COVID. Yeah, I've got some specific questions. One thing that really piqued my interest was the employee retention tax credit that we weren't eligible for. And it looks like we are. So I want to ask him about that. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, I'll get them out of the green room up on the screen. Uh, we'll hear from our sponsors first. And then when we come back, we'll have this interview. We'll talk all about PPP2 uh, and be able to get some information out there to our people. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. We'll be right back, folks. Just give us a quick minute and we'll be right back with Joshua with some great questions and answers about PPP2. The lawyers who will succeed in the next decade are the ones who are focusing on building their brands where people meet. And there is no place better to build your brand than on social media. With the FirmFlex DIY social media plan, hundreds of lawyers like you are using social media to build their brand and become the one lawyer in their community that people know, like, and trust. 
By spending even just five minutes a day on social media marketing, you can engage with hundreds or thousands of people in your local community who will need your services. By cultivating a network of followers, you build a book of business that you can market to the next decade and beyond. If you are looking for a solution to help you jumpstart your social media marketing, look no further than the DIY plan at GetFirmFlex.com. The DIY was created by a small firm lawyer for people just like you, helping you connect with local people online and build your brand and engage people in the topics they want to talk about, all for under $100 a month. To find out more, visit GetFirmFlex.com. In this world today, if you want to grow your business, you want to grow your firm, you want to take on more cases and make a bigger impact, you have to have a digital blueprint. Statistically, throughout the time that we've been working with Blue Shark Digital, our law firm, the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, grew over 1,400%. Seth and his team have years of experience in this area. Blue Shark is truly a part of the firm, so I don't consider Blue Shark any different than the employees in my office. Josh Odens, thank you for being here. A senior partner, Baker McKenzie, part of the management committee, the man who thinks more about tax than anybody I know. Uh, we, we are sitting here at a time where lawyers who listen to us, um, you know, lived through the first PPP. It was very valuable for a lot of people uh, waiting to see what this second bill finally passing is. Can you tell us what is the skinny first? What does this mean for people that received money during the first PPP round? Yeah, so maybe I'll provide just a quick overview of what changed in the Triple P because there are some very important changes. So first and foremost, the types of expenses that can qualify for loan forgiveness. So there are some new categories of expenses, and I'm going to pull up to include operations. So software, cl cloud computing, HR, anything used to track billing. And Josh, assume for our purposes here, given the extended window, I think most people in this audience will be able to write that everything will qualify. We, this is not a group. They're small business owners to medium sized business owners between payroll and rent. The, the big, you know, the big thing that everybody's focused on right now is the deductibility of what we got that there was a period where until this passed that we were concerned that you'd be paying taxes and not being able to write off the the work that that is the sort of main focus yep. of this audience okay so first uh the good news is uh that to the extent uh, a law firm obtains loan forgiveness that amount is not includable as income and that's clarified, although I thought it was clear in the original law, but apparently uh, Congress felt the need to um, to clarify that. Second, any amount um, that is forgiven also does not affect basis in a partnership. It's considered tax exempt. Um, it does not have any other tax. It doesn't reduce tax attributes. It doesn't affect basis. Um, it has, uh, and it also deductions shall not be denied uh, because of an amount that was used by, from a PPP loan to pay off uh, an amount that gave rise to a deduction. So effectively, uh, 
the the, the statute overrides the guidance issued by Treasury. Um, is a notice that uh, said taxpayers could not get the double benefit. Uh, so Treasury has lost that fight with Congress, and so taxpayers can, um, for example, deduct take a deduction for wages, and at the same time have the loan from the triple P forgiven that was used to pay for those wages. What about and for, so, there's a second category, a lot of our viewers may be solos or independent contractors where they got that 20K. Does this affect them differently in any way or is it the same basic concepts? Same concept. That's great. So I mean, really, um, big, big really, we, we Yeah, we, we, had, we had read it the way you did, but like, we're very concerned, many many people out there, that there was people were squirreling away money in case it didn't break this way, that they might have a huge tax bill coming. Yeah, so Treasury has a short fuse to issue guidance. Uh, they have 10 days to issue guidance interpreting the Triple P program. Uh, this comes at a very odd time for the government because the last window for publishing guidance is January 15th. Uh, that's the last day the Federal Register will publish. So the idea that they're going to get something done ten day, in eight days, uh, I think, is fanciful. But, uh, you know, we could see more guidance as we go into the filing season because there's going to be a mismatch in the software and how the software. So if you use Quicken or you know, TurboTax or one of the other software providers, it will not contain the information contained in this law. And so there's going to be a mismatch for for a period of time. Um, the software providers will want guidance uh, and how to fix it, and then interpretations on how it's going to flow through on a form. Uh, so I, I, I expect Treasury to issue that guidance as soon as possible, but I doubt it's going to be out in <laughs> in eight days. But there's no way that Treasury could do any take any steps that would negate what Congress just pushed through with the president's signature. That is correct. Awesome. So the, the the next thing, as people have a big sigh of relief and realize that they've been hopefully squirreling away money that's not needed now for for taxes, is who who and what is eligible for round uh, what I'm calling round two. I guess some people call it round three, but for this round of uh, of triple P. Yep. So the requirements have changed a bit. First is the size of the employer. It's limited to 300 employees, which is different from uh, from the prior round, uh, which was 500. Uh, aggregation rules still apply for law firms. So to the extent you have multiple locations but exceed 300, it's all aggregated into one employer. Uh, so it's 300 employees. The cap of the loan is 2 million. So decrease from 10 to two. Uh, in order to qualify a a business has to show that it had a 25 at least a 25 percent decrease in profits or sorry in revenues uh from fourth quarter between fourth quarter of 2019 and fourth quarter of 2020. there are rules for firms that if they weren't in existence let's say you had a merger brand new firm was created there are different testing dates depending on when the firm was created, but basically you're comparing fourth quarters from 2019 and 2020. So if your revenues have decreased by, by greater than 25%, then you can qualify. 
So I have so a question not, about that. No, uh, it's, so not, it's, it, and it's only fourth quarter. There's no other quarters that they're looking at. It's one fourth, you know, fourth quarter of, uh, of, of, of 19 versus 20. You, you don't have an option like in the other one where you could look at two different um, date sets. It's that's correct. Although I suspect treasury. Um, so this is, so this is a, the, the amount of triple P uh, issue is 806.5 billion in loan authorization. That's a huge amount. And while I think they're trying to spread it as, as thinly as, as widely as possible, I, I suspect treasury could, um, Create different testing periods to measure, you know, the, the reduction. So it might be uh, you might test the second quarter or the third quarter of 2020, which may be a better comparable. Because, um, like for retail, for example, you know, it may not be. It's hard they're, to see what the season. Like. Right, right. They got their Christmas bump, and that's not as bad. But they died for those middle day, those middle months. Well, the other thing too that I think people may have to consider is is different parts of the country had spikes at different times. And so that's something that I think needs to be taken into consideration. And that might be something that we, we see down the line, right? I mean, it would make sense. I mean, Connecticut for us, you know, going into the fourth quarter, we were in a dip. I mean, there was a lot of people out doing a lot of things and we spiked back up, but uh, that's certainly something that I think people might need to take into consideration of when, when your, you know, reemergence or your spike happened and how that impacted business. Yeah. So as a former Treasury official, uh, I was a Treasury during the Obama administration. I'll just say that getting to that decision of which quarter to test and how to how to read the statute will take some time. I would not expect that out in the first round of guidance. I could see the next administration uh, in trying to distribute more tri more triple P. Uh, funding will take a, a much more uh, creative or broad interpretation of the statute. But if it's safe, what, it's safe to say, if if your fourth quarter had a had a twenty six or more percent dip from your fourth quarter in two thousand nineteen, you qualify as it's written today. Yes. And then what what will what are you eligible for? So once again, uh, you're eligible for up to two million dollars of additional loan. No, no, understood, but is it the so, same? Is it the same as last time when it's a, on a cost per employee basis up to a hundred thousand dollars, or what's what's the? Yeah, it's two. It's two and a half times employee. Yes, that's correct. Say, same basic for drill as before. Two and a half times up to a hundred thousand dollar maximum annual salary. Um, is there a similar guidance as far as they, they spent so much time, what percentage on rent versus it seemed that all of that went out the window, given the elongated period you had to use it during? Yeah, it's a 24 month, a 24 week period. So it, that's baked in now as opposed to the eight right. week so period. Yeah. Is there anything markedly different about this round other than the period and the decrease requirements? Yeah, so the costs that do qualify in, in building up what, you know, your costs uh, include some very interesting, I mean, depending on as you think about getting the next round. Uh, so, for example, uh, you can use it for, let's say you had property damage. You have an office in D.C. that was destroyed by civil unrest and insurance didn't cover it. Uh, you can use funds from the triple P 
up to 40% of your triple P slug can be used. Uh, it or you can use as much as you want for property damage, but if you want the loan forgiven, then uh, still 60% has to qualify for payroll. Supplier costs. Um, so to the extent you're, you know, you have a contract for uh, legal service software, for example, like Lexus, you can now use that for supplier costs. Um, also, uh, uh, PPE uh, qualifies uh, everything from physical barriers and the statute refers to sneeze guards, air pressure, uh, air and pressure ventilation, filtration systems. If you want to build in a drive-through window into your firm, uh, that qualifies now as a qualifying expense. Uh, health screening service facilities and anything else that OSHA and DHS, HH, I'm sorry, HHS and labor uh, prescribe. Right. I guess for our world, that's that's not as exciting and that salaries generally will you will eat that up very quickly over 24 weeks. Um, is there anything? So the piece that I think that most people here are going to be focused on is, you know, December to December versus others. Can you walk us through like what what you foresee being that process? Meaning, is it something that if right now, let's say your your December to December is less than twenty five percent of a decrease, it's somewhere between uh, zero and twenty five, um, or or even you know, do you think that they'll? What would the time frame be before we have an idea as to whether or not? Because for many of us, it was the second and third quarter that were particularly horrifically hit. Yeah. So, Treasury. It's, it's interesting that triple P loan guidance, ha, uh, Treasury has taken the lead on issuing that guidance, even though the, it's a small business administration program. So SBA just issues guidance, but not at the same volume as Treasury. Um, you know, Treasury people are disappearing and they are overwhelmed with trying to get through tax guidance. And while we're not going to get into much of the details of of the bill that just passed, there are significant tax provisions that are going to impact filing season. There are extensions of many provisions that expired and more important modifications to those provisions, which creates a lot of complexity going into filing season, which starts, I mean, effectively started, uh, even though it'll technically kick off in a few weeks. Uh, so I, I, I think that Treasury is, is going to be in a, a difficult bind. It will be up to the transition team um, that is currently working on uh, working on the filing season, making sure there's a smooth transition. It will be up to them to make this a priority. Uh, so it's really, it, and it also depends on how many people can get into the building. You know, will Janet Yellen be confirmed on day one? Uh, will they have uh, folks in the front office who are familiar with the program and who can, uh, you know, and who are receptive to an interpretation that you can compare different quarters because that's how your business cycle works. Jay. I had, a, I had a question for you. Um, I, I noticed in uh, some of the media about the PPP, uh, triple P uh, number two, is that it makes uh, employers eligible for the employee retention tax credit that we were not eligible for if we took PPP one. 
can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how that would impact a solo or a small firm uh, that has struggled and kept on its employees uh, through this strenuous period? Yep. So uh, let me focus on two different interactions. The first is, uh, and, and I think I saw it the most in this case of mergers. So let's say you were two law firms that wanted to merge. One had a triple P loan and had used it. The other had the employee retention credit and had claimed it. Um, you can't have both. And so the question is, what do you do? And the IRS was unwilling to rule in this space. There were a lot of mergers uh, that just didn't come together or had to get creative on repayment. Uh, so the way that it works now is the, one is the ERTC has been uh, plussed up to $10,000 of wages per quarter as opposed to $10,000 in wages per year. The credit is more generous. So uh, it's 70% of qualified wages, so $7,000 versus $5,000 per employee. Um, and then once again, it's by the quarter. And so, so under the new law, uh, a taxpayer can claim the ERTC for wages that are not paid for with forgiven triple P loans. So if you have a triple P loan, but it's not forgiven, you can still, you, you can claim the ERTC. Uh, for the amount of wages that are forgiven, uh, for that are forgiven under, for, that are forgiven, that are part of a triple P loan, those cannot qualify for the employee retention credit. So it's still better uh, than uh, than the prior because now you you can claim both, and two firms you know can can merge. Um, also, it's clarified that group health plan expenses qualify, so that does help with providing a greater base for what can qualify for the employee retention credit. Excellent. Jay, you had one other question from before. Yeah, the, the question I had um, was really about um, uh, the uh, Triple P and EIDL. It, it's, and I, I could be wrong on this, but when I got uh, the, the, the loan application and all that stuff, it talked about how um, your Triple P would be reduced by any EIDL that you had gotten. Uh, and I have received my PPP, that is long spent. I got my EIDL and I sort of squirreled it away for, you know, this is my last, this is my, this is my, you know, trying to save the ship when we got nothing else. Uh, and I'm wondering if, because I had that EIDL, if that's gonna negatively impact what I can get from the triple P round two, because I have been dispersed that money and, and EIDLs alone, it's not gonna get forgiven. Uh, but Triple P would, you know, am I in a position where I need to seek about giving back this EIDL to qualify for Triple P round two? Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm nervous about that because I don't want to give back money that I might need to stay alive and I don't want to spend money that I, I don't necessarily have to spend. Yep. So the good part, Jay, is that the, um, the, the interaction of uh, the EIDL and triple P has been eliminated. So you don't have to reduce your triple P amount by the amount of EIDL advance. Um, so, and, and so that will not impact your forgiveness amount. So awesome. you're, you're golden. But the, but, but the EIDL still has to be re repaid. It's not forgiven. Uh, so there is a, um, 
there is a sense of the Senate, a, a sense of Congress that it should not be, um, it, it shouldn't have to be repaid, uh, and it should be treated as like a triple P loan, but that's not included in the final legislation. So it's possible that when they come around to the next uh, round of COVID relief, which there will be another round at some point in 2021, um, it's possible they address this issue head on. So, so we will feel more foolish if we repay the EIDL early. I, you know, it, it's look, it's hard, and but it, it definitely is. Um, it's definitely, uh, it, you know, it, it, I, I probably would not repay. Uh, I would hold off and right. see what Congress does. Very so much like. Thank, thank goodness Congress addressed the deductibility issue because I know that's a massive issue. For yeah, right. That's that's that was that's going to be a, for our audience. That's the biggest swing, and I hope that not you know based on December to December that not as many people will be helped by round two. Um, but at the same time, it's it's there for those that 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 desperately need it. Yep. So also, uh, you know, Jay, going back to the point, if you left some triple P on the table or your triple P was reduced because of EIDL uh, or you gave some of it back, let's say, because you were concerned based on the inconsistent guidance from Treasury, then there's going to be a process. Treasury has to announce within 17 days of enactment a process for obtaining the differential so you can go back and claim more of your triple p loan if you left some on the table so that's supposed to be a fast track process we'll see how that is outlined um, so you may not have to actually reapply you may just be able to ask but it will that will depend on guidance what my final question on the eidl is if you if somebody did repay it can they get it can they somehow get it back so I am not an EID, I'm not an SBA expert. It doesn't, there's nothing that clarifies that in the, in the new bill. So I'd have to look back at, you know, and, and right now it's moot because right now it is for it, it. Unless something changes, it still needs to be repaid. Yes. Gotcha. Awesome. Jay, you got anything final? Um, no, I think this really sort of encapsulates everything. Um, I mean, I think, you know, over the next, six to 12 weeks, it sounds like we're going to be getting a lot more guidance. And, uh, you know, that's really going to be something that people have to pay attention to. It's not something where uh, it stays frozen in time. Is that fair to say that it's uh, it, it, this thing is 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 definitely a moving ball. And uh, as things crop up, they will address those things uh, in future future guidance or future legislation. Yeah, I think, that, well, legislation is going to be hard, uh, but, you know, until unless and until Congress reaches compromise on the next round of COVID relief. What I would expect to see, one, guidance implementing any changes in the triple P, and that we'll see hopefully before this administration leaves. Uh, tax, I expect tax will take a little longer because of the, you know, hundreds of pages of tax provisions uh, contained in this bill. And, and so I, I expect we'll see some guidance, you know, for the filing season as soon as possible, but probably it's, it might, it might be until February before we see changes to forms and whatnot. So there will be uh, a mismatch or incorrect guidance in the tax forms addressing deductions, employee retention credit. Actually, ERTC is likely to be fixed quickly because it's a, it's a quarter by quarter base. It's, you know, 
it, it's going to be determined on a quarter by quarter basis. It's it's relatively easy, uh, and it's and it's so, uh, and it rolls up with employment taxes. Whereas the the filing requirements may be a little more challenging. So I would, you know, talk to your tax provider, or I wouldn't trust the software unless you see some update that it says it takes into account changes to you know pursuant to the act. I, I have one final question, if you if you don't mind. You know, we talked about this twenty five percent year over year, nineteen to twenty. Uh, how how am I going to have to document that, or in your experience, or you know, uh, by your best guess? Because I'm not going to hold you to anything. Do you think I'm going to have to like sign an affidavit? Do am I going to have to provide a P and L uh, to uh, to my banker and and have that attached to my application? Uh, you know, because I'm just curious if I can start assembling I my paperwork now to be question. ready to go forward. I, I mean, I know if I look in my QuickBooks and I run year over year, it's going to show, uh, you know, uh, pretty easily that I lost more than 25% in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I know that just by knowing my numbers, but what am I going to have to do to prove that in order to qualify? Do you think? Probably. Yeah. And, and, and look, this is a, you know, this is where it's more of a banker's question. What would a bank do in order to establish, you know, what type of substantiation they're going to require? And so I think looking at your, you know, your books and putting together the P&L will, will probably be sufficient. And that, that led me to my final question, which is, um, what about divisions? You talked about law firms merging. If a division within a firm took a big hit and another didn't, is there any is there anything that would allow you, or it's just the overall entity? It's done at the entity level. Yeah, it's done at the. It's defined as employer, which is it's it's the entity. It's I don't want to say entity. It could be several entities, but if they're all related and they're and whatever defined, whatever that group is yeah, together, okay. that whole group. So yeah. Well, well, look, this has been very uh, illuminating. I think back to when the first round happened uh, at the beginning of COVID. We were, you know, it was all over the place. You felt very helpless. You didn't really understand what was going on. To have this clear, concise understanding with some nuance of what to expect next is much appreciated, Josh. And uh, please keep us informed as, as things roll out over time. Yes, thank you so much. Jay, Seth, thanks very much for having me. Excellent. Hey, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Guild members get so many benefits, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the Guild to check out all the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Jay Ruane, one of the founders of FirmFlex and a practicing attorney for over 20 years. Anyone who knows me knows how my firm runs on the systems we create, and it has allowed us to flourish, even in tough times. I spent years and hundreds of thousands of dollars until I finally figured out a way to engage my audience and drive top-of-mind awareness with social media. And what did I do once I figured it all out? I built a system for it. And now you can put that system to work for you. You see, we took the hard part, creating the content and finding the images and made it foolproof. Every day you will have curated social media topics to post designed to make your firm constantly remind your audience about your firm, what you do and how you can help. And the best part, you don't even need to hire a dedicated social media person to do this for you. In fact, you don't even need to hire anyone new. 
We designed the system to make it easy for you to delegate to your receptionist, assistant, or paralegal and have them execute solid social media for you in just five minutes a day. It's like having a content writer, researcher, and graphics designer at a fraction of the price it would cost to hire in-house. Sign up today for the Social Super System and start building your brand where your clients already are on social media. Man, Seth, I got to tell you, walking into the last couple of days of the year, I am buoyant. I feel a lot better after having that conversation, getting some answers to those questions that I think will make a difference to the viability of my firm going forward. Uh, and just, you know, talk about being an up. And we talk about it, the roller coaster over the course of the year. I'm ending on a high note uh, because I think, you know, this next round of PPP is going to help me. What are your thoughts? Well, first, I think the headline here, I, I hope that those that need it can get a second round. But I think that for somebody who's looking at the tax implications, as Josh mentioned, the original idea was we wouldn't that it would be deductible um, when people realize what they would have owed. I think that that, you know, the proverbial shit would have hit the fan. So the fact that that is clarified, that we had escrowed monies, tremendous amounts of money that had to be saved to uh, to to pay to pay taxes on. That to me is 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 the biggest headline. If not another penny comes, so be it. But yeah, to sort of getting some clarification. And it sounds like, as we saw last time, work in progress. You know, a lot of people went and spent in the eight or 12 weeks everything in order to get things done and didn't necessarily spend it wisely. So A, that's why the tax, you know, people spent money from the first round in ways they might not have given that it elongated the weeks to spend it. Um, so I'm very thankful that it is it is now not a taxable event or that it, you can deduct that money. But I think that the uh, exciting part for us to watch um, is to see what is eligible for round two. For you know, it sounds like for you, you're going to be able to show uh, a 25 percent decrease. For many a lot of more us, than that. The, the, right, the fourth quarter is not our issue. Right. So for many of us, we figured out how to retool and that the fourth quarter may be less than 25 percent or, or even or even a slight gain, but that there are those middle quarters that were devastating. So if somebody went hypothetically fourth quarter of last year to second quarter of, of this year or something like that, those permutations were very different. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because with everything they do, you saw this in the first round. Everything you do has an unintended consequence. And so here, you talk about retail. Some of those guys got a bump with Christmas. People finally started spending again, maybe. But there were some deadly, deadly months in the middle. And how will this play out? We both know that there's always going to be somebody raising their hand saying, hey, can you push in this direction? And uh, we'll be certainly checking back with Josh to see, does that uh, definition of what, what time frames you're looking at get changed over time? Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me, we, we talked a little bit about uh, about how different sections of the country felt different things. But, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm learning is from some of our listeners uh, and viewers who are in the PI field, normally their fourth quarter is, is, is one of their biggest quarters. And this year, um, they didn't have that same pressure to be able to settle things. Uh, and so I think a lot more people had down fourth quarters even if they retrenched and, and did things uh, in the legal space than uh, than others. So I feel well, bad for you, though, because it's an entity thing. So if you had some growth in some areas, you know, a place like Price Benowitz that has a lot well, of different areas, you may not necessarily be able to show the decline 
in that fourth quarter. But you know what? So so be it, right? We we got money when we needed it. We we know that allowed us to keep stability and growth. And it, and if we don't, then it did its job, right? If PPP right. got us to the point where we don't have, we can't show that. You know, again, money is nice, but like the whole point is you want to see it allocated where it is needed. And look, when I look at the stuff in in our home community, the fine dining and hospitality, and just seeing the hit that they have taken, that. It, that it that it's just you know devastating, and the idea is they're not going to say, "Hey, it's only for that." They want to be able to cover things, but you're going to see it very random. PI specifically, one big case makes somebody's quarter. So if a big case cleared, great. And if it didn't, and that's why it'd be interesting. You know, to, uh, uh, John Fisher's been very vocal about being uh, with bigger cases, small, less number of bigger cases, being very concerned about lack of jury trials. You know, what you're going to see is if something settled. You have a, you'll have a solid fourth quarter. If it didn't, if they kick the can, which a lot of people are doing, then then you'll be eligible. And so I, you know, we both know that realistically this will be broadened as people sort of raise their hand and say, "Hey, why not me?" And some and some constituency will get that. So, um, you know, yeah, you know, it, it, I, I'm not a tax professional here, and I and I certainly, you know, but it would it would sound to me like if you are sitting on a big settlement that you are waiting to disperse, maybe you don't disperse it until January 2, so your fourth quarter doesn't have as big of a bump as it would have. And I, mean, I know some people, you know, they want to get that money out of their trust account into their operating accounts so they can pay off some things. And uh, I mean, we're only two days away from the end of the quarter, but you know, if it's still sitting there and you were thinking about taking the money and putting it into your operating and you're at that, you know, 24 to 26% drop period, maybe it's better to not have that income uh, during this period because that, that might impact your ability to, to qualify. And look, I've always looked at it like, yes, you can handicap it, but we have no idea which way this thing is going. Uh, <laughs> we, we have a pretty good idea. Look, we, there's so much more certainty today. We just did a half hour interview and I feel like we have a solid understanding of where we stand. We did weeks of talks on this Every week it was different. It was back and forth. They'll still be back and forth, but this is, we, we've been through the game. We understand what is generally allowed with the, the, you know, for the two and a half times we got that down. That only took us, you know, eight weeks on the front end. So uh, I think that, the, you know, you're sort of identifying where people are to be thinking is how do you, how do, how do you look at your fourth quarter? Um, and are there things that ethically or that, there, you do have a decision as to when to to uh, to to have a contract signed, or you going to sign something. Now it's based on income, not on expenses, so you have a little bit less control for most people. But uh, certainly, it'll, it'll be a uh, an exciting run, not as exciting as the last one, but thankfully not. Last right. time there was so much more uncertainty in the world. We have greater certainty, and and I truly hope that if if you're you know look you've you've been the uh, the king of uh, of criminal and DUI in a state you're going to take the biggest hit in this process. Yeah. And, as, you know, we talked a lot along the way about what would be up and what would be down this year. And one of the funny things I saw is, you know, we saw like things like trust in the states and immigration still have great velocity, but the money isn't always there. So while I don't see, I don't see a 25% drop for most people in those areas, I do see like lack of growth. So the fact that there's that 25% um, touch point, while I think is great for the people who are most hardest hit, you're going to see a lot of people that struggled through this year, didn't have any meaningful growth, maybe a little bit of a dip, but possibly not enough to show 25%.
And if you're one of those people who, you know, didn't necessarily have the 25% dip, but you, you, you struggled with some growth, we have a treat for you. Uh, coming up two days from now on New Year's Eve, uh, we normally have a live show, but what we're doing this year is we're giving you the best of. So on Thursday at 3 p.m., you're going to be able to see our hack show, which gives you uh, all of our 10 growth hacks for 2021, as well as our software show where we roll down and go through a number of different software things uh, that I know uh, you can benefit from. Seth, I know you've started using one of the softwares. I see your little cat gif uh, every day in my feed when you're wishing somebody a happy birthday. And there's some great tips and tricks that you can get out of both these episodes. And we're also going to tack onto that our Gerber interview where we talk a little bit about e-mything your law firm. Uh, so Thursday, it's not going to be a live show, but it is going to be a shows that are that are sort of mashed up together so that you can get the best out of it in preparation for the next year. So if you're yeah, going to be sitting also, around on Thursday, make sure you tune into our shows uh, and catch those replays. You know, we wanted to, in 2021, uh, sort of talk to a number of coaches. And we've had two on already. We were, they were going to possibly run today. Why don't we see if maybe New Year's Day we give people the opportunity to hear back from uh, – from from Kristen uh, and and others, just so that we can get sort of a, a running start for uh, for 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 20, uh, 2021. Because I feel like one of the things I'd love to bring value to our to our viewers and listeners is who is out there to help you, you know, personally move that, um, you know, and and that to see to see um, some of the guys we've had on or girls we've had on as uh, as coaches. So let, let's sort of start that with a running start. I love that. I love that idea. So focus on January is going to be coaches uh, and maybe some of their coaching clients and talk about how they were able to help them move the needle. I think that's a great place to take Max Growth Live in 2021. And of course, we'll be with you all year as we help you grow your firm. Seth, any final, final thoughts for the year? No, it's it's been a uh, an incredible ride. I, I'm glad to have had you there as a as a, as a co-pilot uh, and, and to be able to walk through this together. Uh, you know, from the early days of you know is the world ending as we know it to okay, this is the new normal. Uh, you know, we the pleasure and privilege to be able to you know to talk to everybody and, and get their feedback on what uh, I've really enjoyed doing. And I feel like you know the things I've taken away from my own uh, firm and company have been tremendous. I feel like I've I've gotten just as much as I've given here. Yeah, you know, for me, uh, I, if you were to ask me how was 2007 uh, for your firm, how was 2014, I, you know, I, I have a general sense of what it is, but I don't think I'm ever going to forget 2020. Uh, and and uh, I, I, I take that uh, as sort of a, a, as a badge of honor that I have persevered, I have made it through with your help, with the help of our audience. Uh, and, and I thank you for that. It's definitely been uh, an exciting year as an entrepreneur and as a law firm owner. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Uh, I was able to make some great additions to my uh, to my team, uh, make some great uh, systems in our office, because you know I love systems. Uh, in fact, I was building one earlier today uh, and documenting it all. You know, this is just old habits die hard. But uh, with that, I think we're gonna leave you. He is Seth Price. He is in Del Boca Vista. He is enjoying the sun before the new year. I'm here in cold Connecticut. I am Jay Ruane, and we are Maximum Growth Live. Thank you so much for being with us. Happy New Year, folks. Be on the lookout for our best of shows that are coming up over the next couple of days, and we'll see you again next time on another edition of Maximum Growth Live. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. 
Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.